Welcome to the Bad Boss Journal, the dope podcast where you can anonymously say exactly what you think about your bad boss, toxic work environment, and find out how to handle it. Welcome to another episode of the Bad Boss Journal. Uh, today, I'm here alone, <laughs> Michelle. Ava is not available to help with us today. However, we have guest Damien Burkle, and he's going to be sharing his bad boss experience and some cool things he's working on. So, hey, Damien. Hey, thank you for uh, inviting me. I'm uh, I'm really excited, and, I, and as I said before, I start started. You guys are doing a terrific job, and um, I support you in any way that I can. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, I we're hoping that this helps other people who are going through similar situations, mm-hmm. and you know, hopefully. They can find this as a resource, but also kind of brings me to having you on. I'm super excited to have you on because, and I don't want to go too much into what you do just yet because I want to have like a whole segment on that. So did you want to um, kind of share your bad boss experience? Sure. Um, Sadly, (laughs) I've had several and uh, to be perfectly honest with your viewers, when I got let go, mm-hmm. it was always for the wrong reason. Mm. And in almost every case, in about a year, I would get a call back saying, hey, you know, we let the wrong guy go. Why don't you come back? Oh, wow. Blah, blah, blah. And I naturally said, go pound salt. <laughs> um, That's but, awesome but, that you didn't have to go back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, pff, no, 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 no. And uh, if I could, please, let me uh, go back to the beginning so your audience has a framework. Mm -hmm. Um, Sure. My wife, Donna, and I, 45 years ago, uh, got married at age 21 because that's what we wanted to do. And there was never any regrets. However, Mm -hmm. uh, I was finishing up college. Mm -hmm. I was on the uh, five-year program because I did work-study orders. Right. Okay. uh, Working at the Veterans Administration and several other places. But the bottom line is there was a new mall opening called uh, Euclid Square Mall. And my aunt and I, who we were very close to, her great aunt, were driving. And all of a sudden, I see a uh, trailer that says, hiring, come on in. And so I went in and had this wonderful conversation with the receptionist Mm -hmm. until she told me she was the director of human resources. Oh, okay. So Rhonda and I uh, hit it off, and she knew, because I hadn't completed yet, the courses. And so she put me on kind of as a, uh, a trial. And mm-hmm. the new store, you know, fixtures are coming in and merchandise is coming right. in. Right. And, and I'm working with all these guys that are really knowledgeable and really mm-hmm. hit it off with them. But after the store opened, I said, well, you know, where's Ed? Where's Joe? I said, no, no. They are the buyers of what we sell here. And so the the long and the short of it is I started out ringing a cash register as Mm -hmm. a sales associate at May Company Cleveland, which is now Macy's. Mm. Seven years later, seven promotions later, Mm -hmm. I hit upon my first bad boss. And, you know, you you feel good about yourself because you're getting promoted as soon as I graduated. She came to me and said, listen, you're doing a really great job, but would you consider working full-time during the day and going to school at night? 
I said, mm. sure. And so I did um, and had a very good experience there. But then all of a sudden, I got called downtown to be an assistant buyer. Had a, had a great time there, great relationship, promoted again, back out to the store, mm-hmm. and I'm now the manager. From there, I got promoted again and came downtown, and I'm losing mm-hmm. count of the number. But basically, I went from ringing a cash register to mm-hmm. senior buyer in seven wow. years. Wow. And everything was, was splendid until my boss, my, my retail godfather, who I still talk to. I just talked to him yesterday. Wow. Um, got promoted. Mm-hmm. And he got promoted. And then eventually his the big boss actually mm-hmm. ended up leaving. But long and short of it is I was swimming in opportunity is the best way that I can put it. Right. And, you know, we all have our weaknesses and strengths. If you were to read my uh, kindergarten evaluation, you would see the very same traits that are my greatest weakness and my greatest strength. Mm-hmm. So here's the deal. So I go downtown, Ed goes out to the branches and Jerry comes in and there was an immediate, immediate confrontation mm-hmm. in terms of oil and water. Right. And he was also a nudge, if you know what I mean, and was very nervous mm-hmm. and would constantly come in and say, I need you to do this. I need you to do that, right. et cetera. Yeah. And I would, not a problem, because he's the boss. Mm-hmm. The month before I got let go, or, or, or yeah, let go, I won an award for selling the largest number of products. They were Dutch tea kettles in the entire chain. Wow. Not, not ready to wear, mm-hmm. you know, not major you know, mm-hmm. furniture and stuff. Right. A little old me. So I'm up there. Now, in the meantime, and I found this out from my friend after it was over, he was documenting everything that I didn't do to his likeness. And so he would write these long memos, carbon copy to my friend. He watched the whole thing unfold mm-hmm. and sent it up the line. So here's the deal. My wife and I had planned to go to Niagara Falls. We, we born and bred in Cleveland. And Jerry comes around, and I'm just getting ready to go, right? Turn off the light. He said, I need to see you. And I said, Jerry, I said, you know, it's 630. We're we're leaving Mm -hmm. for Niagara Falls tomorrow. He said, I need to see you. I said, but Jerry, the garage is closing, and so I won't be able to get out. He said, you go out now, find a parking spot, and I'll pay for the parking. Now, this is a man who would never pay for coffee or donuts or Mm. lunch or anything like that. So the minute he said... You go out and, and find a parking spot and come back. I thought my intuition was going, oh, no, right. this isn't right. Because we had clashed. Yeah. We, we had clashed. Mm-hmm. And there were, he had his favorite buyer, followed right. by two others, and then me. And then I ended up mm. being the, uh, the scapegoat. So right. I parked the car. It's Cleveland in April. I get out of the car. And it's raining, raining hard. And I got completely drenched in my 100% green polyester uh, suit that I was so proud of. Right. And uh, I went in, and then we had to go into an employee's entrance. And when I hit the Mm -hmm. air conditioning, literally, I started to steam. Mm. And so I finally go upstairs, and he's pacing back and forth. I'm thinking, man, this just Uh doesn't feel right. He said, well, come into my office and close the door. And it was like, 
So I'm not going to go through the blood and guts, but basically he said, we are putting you on probation. Basically, there is nothing that you can do and you'll be gone in 90 days. So I needed a second for that to check in, to, to process rather. And then he said to me, and I just wanted to tell you before your vacation. Gee, thanks. Absolutely. So I, I lost my job that day. We canceled going on our uh, mm-hmm. vacation. And I, I was there. I went three months with no money coming in or money as it was going down. Right. No health care benefits. You know, a beautiful wife, brand mm-hmm. new baby, new house, mm-hmm. two new cars. Right. So I had a lot of overhead, right? Yeah. I was so ashamed of what happened to me that I uh, would not go outside during the day. Mm-hmm. I'd stay inside. I would mow right. the lawn after five o'clock when everybody was home. So I mm-hmm. kind of pretended like I still had a job. Mm-hmm. Three months go by. Everything's running out. I have nothing. Mailed out 500 letters, 50 responses, five interviews, no job. Mm. And so. What happened, and, and, I, and I, I say this all the time, networking is the way to find a job. Yes. And you can build your network by having a, a very robust LinkedIn profile. And mm-hmm. that's probably a, another conversation. But one night around 4.35, the, the phone rang. Mm-hmm. It's my farberware rep. And he mm-hmm. said, you'll never guess what happened. He said, in a million years, you'll never guess it. I said, what? He said, Mark, my direct competitor and cookware buyer across the street at Higby's, didn't resign. He just walked out and left and didn't come back. And so we're heading towards the houseware show. And of course, they want to get a, somebody in the slot. And so Dan arranged for me to meet who became my new boss. Mm-hmm. The uh, department store was attached to the terminal tower which was attached mm-hmm. to a Sheraton. So anyways, I, w- I went in there, and I'll never forget it. Two double doers later, because that's what he was drinking, we, we got to the point where he said, you know, I, I think we really want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. I-, I went through the process. I had nothing, nothing except right. Higby's, which is now Dillard's. And do you know that I had the gall to negotiate for a higher salary? And I did. That's awesome. Um, and, and the long and the short of it is, anyway, so I ended up there, I landed, had a great run, mm-hmm. traveled the world, developed product. I was actually there, you know, the, the beer in a box, do you remember those, where it was a beer in a mug? Yes, I believe so. Well, I was in a showroom in uh, Taipei, and mm-hmm. I had gone to the bathroom, and I walked by, and I saw this really cute teddy bear. Mm-hmm. And then I walked by a little bit more, and I saw a mug. And I put the teddy bear into the mug and said, what do you think? And that was before, you know, everything went wild about that product. And I don't know for a fact that they took that and sold it to American Greetings or whatever. But Mm. they had all the raw things that you needed to make it happen. Right. So. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. What other questions do you have? So for the listeners out there, I just wanted to let you know that Damien is the founder and executive director of Professionals in Transition Support Group, and it's actually one of the oldest nonprofit organizations in America dedicated exclusively to helping the unemployed and underemployed to find work online and in person. 
So when I found this out about you, I was fascinated because I feel like this is such a great opportunity for us to be talking about something like this, right? Mm -hmm. Especially Mm -hmm. if we have been spending the last multiple episodes talking about bad boss experiences. And, you know, if somebody is at that point where they feel like they have to transition, you know, having those type of options there and knowing that there are options available, you know, even for me personally, I know that I've gone through a very difficult time and I'm even continuing to have a difficult time um, with my own version of bad bosses, but also being in a particular situation where I am now having to become the sole income provider for our family of five and having to replace my husband's income, which was the main portion, right? So he fell ill. And I like, you know, totally accepted that task, but it's been feeling like an uphill battle. So, and I'm sure I'm not alone, you know, whether it's single parents or people in some similar, you know, predicament as me, you know, knowing that there is a place to go and what, you know, help is out there, I think is so great. So yeah, I thought maybe you could talk about what you do and some of the things that you've been able to do to help others who are going through that, you know, finally making that step. Cause it is not easy quitting a You know, I mean, some people find quitting very easy. I personally have a very difficult time quitting a job. And I think it just stems from my own fact that it's like I'm letting people down, even though in the end they don't care. Right. Like they'll find somebody else to replace me. But it's just my own issues that I have where I have a really hard time quitting or saying what I need and moving out of, you know, toxic work environments. Mm -hmm. I guess what I would ask you is, isn't that a a strength? Because it shows how committed you are and it's a direct reflection on your work ethic. Right. Right. Definitely. Um, And, and, you know, good for you. As we go on, I was at Higby's for three years. That's Mm -hmm. where the, you know, the, the Christmas story, you'll shoot your eye out. Mm -hmm. The Christmas movie. Yeah. When you you see the, uh, the, the night parade, Mm -hmm. they had to film it twice because they didn't have any special effects mm-hmm. and way 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 off in the corner you still can't see me but I- <laughs> that's so cool you know it, it's been it was uh, wondrous to watch except that we were you know we could only see on the side of the street that the actors were not on mm, right uh, but it's and- still cool knowing you were there now i'll watch that movie again and, you know, know that somebody I know was there. <laughs> and when you uh, when they show them walking through the store and everything, mm-hmm. there there were no changes. That is exactly how Higby's looked during oh, wow. the holidays. Okay. Uh, and believe it or not, they kept it undercover. They only worked on the slide at night, and then they would cover it during the day. Huh. And, and they built that over an escalator well. So one escalator you couldn't use, you just use the other one. Right. So so what happened was you know, they, they did the movie. It was great. Somebody actually came in and bought the slide, disassembled it, and built it again. So you can still go down that, uh, that Christmas slide. Mm-hmm. That's so, so cool. Anyways, <laughs> so I'm sorry. Let me get to the point. So I was there for three <laughs> years. Mm-hmm. Um, and my boss's boss called me upstairs and even though I was doing exactly what I was told, mm-hmm. I got blamed. I wasn't a team player, blah, 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 blah. And oh, by the way, you're no longer on the international development team. Mm. 
And so, you know, I, I, I felt about this high. Right. And I came into my office, slid underneath the door because, you know, my spine had been yanked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the phone rang. And, and it was a recruiter from New York. And over the course of five days, we got to know each other really well. Then a week later, I went down for an interview. Mm-hmm. Three weeks later, I got the offer and picked up and moved 500, 500 some odd miles mm-hmm. down here to North Carolina. Three years, bliss, great place to work, lots mm-hmm. of travel, until the corporation decided to sell Fuller Brush, mm-hmm. which is how I got down. And we were all let go at the same time. I'd say 50% of the people already had been, didn't know it, but they were already integrated into right. you know, the... So and then there's me, there's me, uh, kind of on the the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. It took me four months to find a job. The human resource manager said, "We don't ever see having a position available for you, so you better do a full court press." So let me set the scene. So it's Friday night. I'm out cooking. It's warm. Couple beers. The phone rings. Mm-hmm. He said, "Now you probably don't remember me, but I was so impressed." with the way that you managed the United Way campaign, the presentations that you gave, we'd like you to come in for an interview. It was because of him, because of mm. Steve. And, and I went in and clicked. And what my, the director, my boss's boss said, you have been punished enough. You're mm. not going to get a cut in pay. You're not going to get a cut in benefits. But you're now above where this category of people is. I said, right. I don't care. And so you could say, that I went from pots and pans, mm-hmm. right, because I was a cookware buyer, right. to mops, brooms, and brushes, which was fuller brush, mm-hmm. into my latest area of expertise. What do you think it was? I don't know. Sales? You ready for this? Bras and panties. <laughs> uh, and, and when my boss came in and handed me a, a catalog of just women in bras, mm-hmm. I remember looking down going, I'm getting paid for this. <laughs> and Sara Lee was very good to me. I became their troubleshooter. When mm-hmm. there was a problem, they would move me into where the problem is, mm-hmm. move the uh, other person out. And as a result, I managed at one point in my career, every product line from Haynes and mm-hmm. from Bally and Playtex. Oh, wow. The, yeah. The list, the list goes on and on. So it, mm-hmm. it worked out really well. But as I got settled, this would have been, I landed in 1990, 1991, mm-hmm. there was this little voice within mm-hmm. that said, do you remember when you were down on your knees and said the following prayer, uh, Lord, if you will only help me find a job in Winston-Salem, I will do something about unemployment. Mm-hmm. And that is the kernel that started Professionals in Transition. Mm, okay. Um, we, we meet at, a, at the local Red Cross. We've been doing it now for 30 years. We have wow. Been, yeah. And it's amazing. I'm shocked. I'm shocked that the world is interested. And here's what mm-hmm. I mean. We had a Danish film crew come in mm-hmm. for the day and, and film. We had the, uh, the White House correspondent from uh, Tokyo's second largest wow. paper. Um, yeah. Uh, I got flown to New York. And did uh, uh, an hour of uh, Oprah's Network. And the list just cool. goes on and on and yeah. on. But the, the thing of it is, I'm not in it for the fame or fortune. And what most people don't know, they're, they're usually shocked, is when I tell them, 
that I am a volunteer. Mm. So, wow. you know, for all these years, there's been no, uh, there's been no monetary support coming into the Brooklyn household. Mm-hmm. But I think if I had to do it all over again and know what I know now, I'd be mm-hmm. scared crappy. No, uh, I would start <laughs> over. I would do it again. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. That's amazing. So then in your opinion, if somebody comes to you and is asking for your help, because I saw that you not only do that, but you also have books on yes. transitioning. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what would be something that you would tell somebody who is a listener, right? Who is thinking of transitioning or has been just recently laid off? You know, they're either thinking about leaving a toxic work environment or they were laid off um, in something similar to you. What would you tell them to, you know, what type of advice would you like to give them? Well, thank you. The, the first thing is you will find that this is one of the most emotional experiences of your life because you, were, you have been stripped. Your mm-hmm. rice bowl has been emptied for only because of other people. And what I would tell them is the highs are going to be much higher. The lows are going to be much lower. And I developed in partnership with Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. I actually went up to Headwaters, Virginia, to her house. Mm. And over coffee, we adjusted her grieving model to Mm. match what I went through and probably what every other professional goes. So Mm -hmm. to your advice, um, the first thing I would say is give yourself three, four, six weeks, whatever, to recover emotionally. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is a huge shock to your system. I know it was for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, There were many, many, many sleepless nights. Right. But before you can start uh, a true and effective job campaign, you have to be ready. Mm -hmm. And so you you end up working through the emotional wave, right? Shock, denial, anger, bargaining, Mm -hmm. et cetera. And now you're ready. Mm -hmm. The first thing I would tell them is don't send out any resumes. Not yet. Don't send out an old resume okay. uh, because that talks about your past. Mm-hmm. You want to create a future forward resume document that has a career summary, mm-hmm. not an objective. A uh, human resource manager could care less about you know uh, what your objective is. They want to be able to read just a snippet of your resume and decide do we go on or not. Mm-hmm. And so what I would mention to people, number one, is like it or not, it's a gradual process. Mm-hmm. Uh, while I was laid off, I met two of my best friends. You know who they are? Trial and error. <laughs> and you put the two of them together and, and yeah. I have made more mistakes than right decisions. Mm-hmm. But you learn from that and you move yeah. on. And so job searchers know that it's going to take time for them to build up momentum. Mm-hmm. And normally that can take 60 to 90 days, unless you knew beforehand and you were working while you were still at work. But mm-hmm. the bottom line is, is if you do this right, first, networking, especially uh, during COVID and now, 95% of your job search, 95% yeah. of all jobs. 100%. Come, yeah. Yep. Go through networking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you know that, then you can build your whole career around what your career summary is. Mm-hmm. And I would tell them to take their time and get it right and feel good about it. Take mm-hmm. that information and then put it into their LinkedIn profile. And then there's a, a, a cover letter that we use. And nine times out of 10, about 90 days 
into it. It's like bing, 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 bing. I've had people call me and, and say, you know, I was, was on my third interview and I just got a call from three other companies that want to interview me. But it's that conscientious day after day. I would tell people that my, my full-time job is finding a full-time job. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> each, each day, you know, you, it's like a, a little bit of a ripple away. Mm-hmm. And when you get to 90 days or some people are before, you will have seeded enough resumes and made enough connections in your network, building your network, mm-hmm. that in many cases you will find two, three, four offers coming your way if you follow the protocol and do it right. Mm. That's really good advice. Um, thank you so much for sharing your experiences and you know what you have going to help people who are going through this. For our listeners, I'm going to be making sure to have all of that information in our show notes. So if you are interested in or you need help finding you know, a path forward into a new job, please uh, check out the show notes and you will get the information there. Uh, Damien, thank you so much for joining our podcast today. It's been such a pleasure to speak with you and hear all the you know, fun stories and all the cool stuff you're doing. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. It was, it was great. It, as usual, it's over too soon, right? <laughs> yes, always, always. Um, and yes, thank you all so much to you listeners out there. We look forward to checking back in with you next week and make sure to subscribe. Thanks. Bye. Do you have a bad boss experience you'd like to share with us? Visit our website, thebadbossjournal.com to submit your story. You can also support our show by checking out our merch and more on our website. Thank you so much for listening to The Bad Boss Journal.